Abiso Musiya on SAFM. Let's start off by talking Copa America. We wrapped up the Euros yesterday and we are joined on the line by football commentator Mark Scott, who was covering Copa America. Mark, good evening from us in South Africa. Uh, thank you very much for being able to speak to us tonight. You're welcome, Tobizo. Good to speak to you. Thanks, Mark. How, do, how would you describe the standard of play in the Copa America this year? Um, well, I think that, you know, generally there have been some highlights, but, but focusing mainly on the final, um, it was a little bit disappointing because it was very stop-start, I guess because the stakes were so high that might have added to it, but we didn't really see Brazil and Argentina get as much in their flow as they did at times in the group stage. Argentina against Ecuador when they won 3-0 in the quarterfinals were, were a bit more like their old selves, and Brazil, both against Peru in their semi-final and in the final against Argentina, didn't really get going either. But obviously, the big story was Messi finally winning an international title with Argentina. So much has been said about the fact that he's never done it with Argentina. He's won the Ballon d'Or six times, Champions Leagues, La Liga's with Barcelona. But the one thing that was missing was something with Argentina. So he's finally done it. Um, But in terms of the final itself, it it never really got going. Although, to be fair, the goal that won it was really good from Angel Di Maria, a beautiful finish. The the, the crazy thing was that Messi had a chance right at the end to score and to completely kill off the game, and he messed it up. And of all players that you wouldn't expect to fluff their lines, Messi would have been the one. And what do you put that down to, Mark? Is it nerves? Is it the pressure of just all the attention on him? Yeah, I mean, I guess perhaps that that could have been it. I mean, at the time when I was commentating, I was just completely shocked because it was the sort of chance you've seen him bury so many times, one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He normally completely deceives them and then um, puts the ball into an empty net. But it was a piece of poor control from him so I can only guess that maybe it was the magnitude of the occasion and the fact that he knew that if he slotted that ball away then then that would have been it and Argentina were the champions of South America and perhaps it got to him but it was one of those moments where you know you you almost have to like do a double take and make sure that it was Messi who was who was on the ball there to be fair though although he didn't score in the final and um you know he had that really good chance he was the player of the tournament. He, yeah. he, he was so nailed on to be player of the tournament. They even gave him the award before the final kicked <laughs> off because they knew that there was no way that anyone else was going to be more impressive than him as a player in the tournament. He scored four goals. In fact, um, in the tournament, all but one of Argentina's goals, um, and it was the one that, that came in the final, funnily enough, um, he either scored, provided the assist, or this is a new one for you, provided the pre-assist, which is the pass before the assist. So he was involved in all but one of Argentina's goals. So he, he was the standout player of the tournament. So even though he didn't score in the final, he can he can say hand on heart that he really did help win that trophy for Argentina. Uh, definitely. And is it now, is it, is, it, is, is it also reward for a very talented generation of Argentina players who've always come close? Say, say again, sorry, I missed you there. I was saying, before I get to that, actually, at the end, I mean, we saw how much that win meant, not only for Argentina, but for Messi also. How do you describe the emotions after the final whistle, Mark? Because he finally, as you say, got Uh, that monkey off his back. Incredible, incredible. Because people have said, does Messi care as much about Argentina as he does about Barcelona? And funnily enough, I think that 
in the last few years, he's actually cared more about Argentina than Barcelona because he's not been happy with the way things have been going at Barcelona, the president, the signings that they've made, the way that they've not really competed in the Champions League. And obviously, he said before that, that he wants to leave. He's put in a transfer request. Things haven't been as rosy for him there. As with Argentina, though, he seems to have taken on responsibility. Um, that The new coach as well has, has got more out of Messi, taken a bit of the responsibility off his shoulders. And from what I've read in the Argentinian media, he's really sort of become a bit more approachable to some of the new players, whereas he could have been a bit aloof in the past. So Argentina seems to be the team that he cares the most about, as, as opposed to Barcelona, which hasn't always been the case. And if anyone saw those full-time scenes when the final whistle went... He was absolutely delighted. He was on his knees. He was so happy. He was overcome with emotion. So he's finally done it. And I think he probably feels relief as much as pleasure that they've got that title. And of course, it's only, what, 16 months until the World Cup in Qatar. So now he'll be thinking, can I go and win the big one with Argentina? Because as much as the Copa America is a big deal, obviously the World Cup is the real thing. So... It's exciting to think about the fact that Argentina under Lionel Scaloni are starting to improve. I mean, I think that, you know, that's like 20 games unbeaten now since they lost to Brazil in the semifinals of the last Copa America in 2019. So they are really a serious threat at the moment. And I think that they'll be amongst the favourites for the World Cup. And is it reward for him coming back to the national team? I mean, he has retired a couple of times um, from the national team, but he went back. Is this what you always wanted? Well, that's what I was saying. I think that, you know, there's been accusations in the past that his heart's not really been in it with Argentina. He's been more of a club man than an international man. But I think that you see he's almost reveling in the fact that I think it's the players that he's got as well. You know, in the past, maybe he's felt that he's had to go and do it all himself. But, you know, he's got La Celso, Lautaro Martinez, the striker for Inter Milan, who, who I think he trusts. Rodrigo de Paul has been mightily impressive. He's just got a big money move to Atletico Madrid from Udinese. So I think maybe he looks around this team and he might even feel, I trust the players in this Argentina team more than I do the players at Barcelona. These players are more at the level that I'm at. They understand me. They're in the right place to get on the end of the passes. Maybe at Barcelona, he doesn't feel that he's got that quality alongside him. But the coach, Scaloni, I think deserves a lot of credit because he has devised a way of allowing Messi to be creative but not putting all the pressure on his shoulders. So the other players like Di Maria, Martinez, Los Celso, they have to do a bit more of the donkey work so that Messi has the opportunity to just roam and do what he's so good at, beat players, play that killer pass. So I think that it is a reward for him coming back in, but also it's a reward for the coach and the way that he's changed things. Okay, let's play a voice note. We are talking to Mark Scott, a football commentator who did commentary for BBC um, in the Copa America final, and we are looking back at Argentina's win. It, 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 I remember. Uh, you know what, remember, when I slept uh, Saturday night, remember, I set my alarm for 1.45 so that I can watch the Copa America final online. Hey, remember, you know what happened? I woke up Sunday morning, I think it was nearly 8 o'clock. Hey, remember, <laughs> I was very disappointed. But you know what I've seen, remember, is that those South American teams, they are very strong. Very, very strong, remember. Just imagine a player like Roberto Firmino. One of my favorites, member. I mean, Arsenal, okay, I'm a Morocco solo supporter and abroad I support Arsenal, but I really like Roberto Firmino. Just imagine Sergio Aguero on the bench. 
yo, it can tell you about the level of South American football member. You see, you see very good players, and that's and again the defensive midfielder for Liverpool. I think it's Hugo Fabinho, who was also on the bench, and the, another player. I think it was Jafnas Junior. I can't get the name right, but he plays uh, left wing for Real Madrid. He was also on the bench for for Brazil. That tells you about the level, member. A player that plays in Real Madrid goes to the bench. Uh, okay, okay, remember this is Manuel Mazibu in Fosforas. Sharp, sharp. Okay, thanks, Mangoba. You're not the only one that didn't hear the alarm going off on Sunday morning. But he talks about the quality mark of the different teams. And you've mentioned Scaloni now. Um, I mean, there was also the fact that he went for a Lautaro Martinez instead of Sergio Aguero. It seems like even selection-wise, he got everything right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Martinez, a bit of a slow start. He, he came good. He scored in three games in a row before the final. Um He'd been in such good form with Inter Milan that I think that he had to start ahead of Aguero. Um, and also his relationship with Messi has really blossomed. And I think the two of them, uh, you know, were just starting to show a bit of telepathy with, with their interplay and they knew when to make the runs. Obviously, with Sergio Aguero now playing at Barcelona as of next season, there's a very good chance that he'll build up a good relationship mm-hmm. with Messi at club level, which could give Scaloni a real headache when it comes to the World Cup qualifiers and the World Cup itself, if Messi uh, and Aguero start to be as good a partnership as Messi and Martinez have been. And for Brazil, Mark, what do they take out of this tournament? Well, I think that, you know, you've got to look at the fact that Tite, his last loss, I mean, there were 13 games unbeaten coming into this. The last time they lost was to Argentina in a friendly in November 2019, a game that was played in Saudi Arabia. Um, since then, they've been very tough to score against. They've been on a good winning run. I think it was 12 wins and one draw apart from uh, going into that final defeat against Argentina. thing is, though, Brazil's media and fans are unforgiving. Um, mm. They won't sort of be able to look at this and say, well, over the course of the Copa, it was a tight game. Di Maria scored. Mistake by Renan Lodi. Not a great deal in it. That, that won't cut it. Tite's probably been under pressure already because of the exit to Belgium at the last World Cup. So this will only intensify things. I think what he will take away from it is that they need to maybe start to look at the central midfield area and how to really get the best out of Neymar. A couple of times he, he played Gabriel Jesus and uh, Richarlison out wide. Um, and that just left them a bit light in the middle. Casemiro and Fred are quality players, but they were overrun at times. So, I think it will give him some food for thought about the best way to utilise that midfield. Keta, who came into the side, was um, was a revelation, really. He scored in back-to-back games in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. He might well be pushing for something there. But I think Tito's going to have to go away and have a think about his tactics and his formation because at times they were caught a bit short. I've got a couple of questions here on social media about the offside. What Was it a fair call? What did you make of that offside goal of Brazil? Um, well, I mean, there were two tight calls. Di Maria, at first glance, looked like he may have been slightly offside, but obviously VAR had a look at that. Um, we saw the lines come out a bit later, and uh, he was certainly onside. Richarlison, again, looked like he was he was just off, so I think they were the right calls. Um, VAR didn't take too long to, to decide on, on what they were going to do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they were both close, and obviously it went Argentina's way. Great stuff. Mark, thank you very much for speaking to us. Finally, do you expect both of them, then Argentina and Brazil, to compete and be contenders at the World Cup in Qatar? Uh, 
Absolutely. I mean, I was, I was speaking, obviously, being an England supporter, we were quite disappointed after the game on Sunday. And, you know, everyone's already thinking about the World Cup. And, you know, looking at it, it's going to be the European nations plus Brazil and Argentina that you think are going to be the main contenders at, at the World Cup. But out of the two sides, having covered both the semi-finals and the final, I would say I'd be more concerned about Argentina being the big threat from South America as opposed to Brazil. Messi looks rejuvenated. Under Scaloni, they, um, they've got a clear game plan. They're very organised. They have this midfield carousel of passing. Um, they've got Sergio Aguero on the bench. Brazil at the moment look like they might have just lost their way a bit. And Cite's not quite sure how to get the best out of the players. I mean, never count out Brazil with the individual quality mm. that they've got. Um, but I think at the moment, you would say Argentina would be the biggest threat from South America for Qatar. Okay, great stuff. Mark Scott, pleasure talking to you tonight in South Africa. Lovely speaking to you as well. Thanks again. Thanks, Mark. Football commentator will cover the Copa America. Also did the final for BBC there. So we've gone around then and we've covered the major tournaments around the world. We're going to go to 